Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from shy shamblers to shrinking shades. And today we're talking about Char. So today we're talking about Shar, Brian. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Goddess of Darkness. Also known as the Mistress of the Night, the Dark Lady, Our Lady of Loss. And that's it. That's all the ones I listed. There's <laughs> there, more names. There it is. But this is a big one. Also um, handle One it. of the most powerful deities in all of Faerun, and a neutral evil one at that. Shar is the Goddess of Darkness, both in its physical form and as it exists in the minds and souls of mortals. People worship Shar as the goddess of night, secrets, loss, and forgetfulness. She represents pains hidden but not forgotten and vengeances carefully nurtured away from the light. She is said to have the power to make folk forget their pain or become inured to a loss. And many people in distress pray to Shar for such a blessing. Among her array of twisted powers is the ability to see everything that lies or happens in darkness. Shar's symbol is a black disc with a deep purple border. She's also the creator of the Shadow Weave, a counterpart and attack upon the Weave of Magic itself, and a completely alternative source of magic uncontrolled by Mistra. Mm-hmm. This is a campaign big bad and one of the greatest villains to come out of the Forgotten Realms for sure. Yeah, definitely cool. Um, yeah. The anti-Mistra up in here. Kind of the anti-Mistra. She's super tied in with Mistra, and we talked a little bit about Shar in the Mistra episode. I kind of vaguely remember um, that. I, I like that episode a lot. It, it was a good one. Uh, but Mistress tight. We're going to get into the history, but Mistress tied into the twin goddesses of Saloon and Shar. Okay. And there's another goddess as well, uh, Shantea. And like the four of them were like the original. That was like four an elf one, right? Down. Shantea. No, Shantea is the world, like the spirit of the world of Abir Torel itself, like the spirit of Earth. Like, Gaia, okay, okay, I basically. got you. But we'll get into it. Like, Forgotten Realms always has this dichotomy with their yeah, um, their pantheon. A stuff. lot of a lot of mythology going on. Yeah. So, um, in temples, representations of the goddess are either a black sphere outlined in racing magical animated flames of purple. 
Her humanoid forms are most often depicted as a being of dark beauty, smiling coldly and her large eyes having black pupils, but are otherwise solid purple. Char favors two avatar forms, the Night Singer and the Dark Dancer. The Night Singer is a 12-foot-tall presence whose female form is masked in a myriad of feathers that trail away into an increasingly intangible cowled cloak of gigantic proportions that merges into any shadows and darkness present. That's a signifier of power. Indeed. It's the large cloak. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she sings continually, even when simply speaking, and her song is hauntingly beautiful and tragic. The Dark Dancer, on the other hand, is a 7-foot-tall, lithe, exquisitely beautiful human woman who dances gracefully and alluringly. Her jet black body sparkling with stars and her dark eyes, two hypnotic orbs that can emit both harmful and beneficial gaze effects. She has, I think, a third form, one I could not find a description of in any source book, but is depicted in the most commonly used official art of the Dark Goddess. This is a raven-haired elven rogue of piercing beauty and lithe form. She wields two large exotic daggers and is adorned in ornate black and purple leather armor. It's the alt art costume. Yeah. So she's DLC. got, she's, she's a multifaceted deity. She's got multiple personality traits that she decides to accentuate when she chooses an avatar form. Yeah. When it benefits her most likely. I Basically. Guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She can't decide if she wants to sing or dance. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so uh, now before we get into the personality behavior and clergy of the mischief of night, we have some imperative Forgotten Realms lore to go over. Nice. Her history is inherently tied to the creation mythos of a bear Toril. According to one of the most ancient myths of the creation of the world and the heavens, after the universe and its crystal sphere were created by Lord Ao, there was naught but the primordial essence, the protoplasmic raw stuff of existence. Mm -hmm. Described as chaos and timeless nothingness, the sphere was filled with no more than dim misty shadows, neither light nor dark, for such things had not yet separated. In time, Shar coalesced from the primordial essence alongside her twin sister, Saloon. The goddesses were beautiful, identical, but polar opposites, raven-haired and silver-haired, one representing the dark and the other the light. Though technically separate entities, they were so close to each other that they saw themselves as one being, known later as the two-faced goddess or sisters who were one. They complemented each other and together brought order out of the chaos. That yin and yang. Yeah. Okay. They created from the cosmic ether the planet of Abair Toril and the other heavenly bodies and infused these worlds with life. In the process, they formed the goddess Shantea, essentially the spirit of the world itself, like we just discussed. Right. Whom they worked with to bless the worlds with life. This universe was darkened by the hair and welcoming embrace of Shar and illuminated by the cool, radiant face of Saloon. However, there was no fire or heat on any of these worlds. Desiring to nurture life on the worlds that formed her body and limbs, Shantea asked the two-faced goddess for warmth. This is essentially the equivalent of a little girl asking her mother for a jacket because it's freaking freezing out here in the ethereal nothingness. Yeah, it's really cold there. <laughs> It's really cold, moms. Please help me. But unfortunately, this ends up being the first time Shar and Saloon were divided, being of two minds on whether they should let there be more life on the worlds or not. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I have one right here. Don't give that shit to her. That's our jacket. <laughs> Basically. So this, these goddesses mm -hmm. are technically one. Like two, mm. two sides of the same coin, and they birthed a third goddess. Yes. So they're so powerful that yes. they just, they not only made uh -huh. a planet, but right. the planet birthed a, like, did they make the goddess, or was the goddess born because the planet was born? Not entirely clear, but there's, this isn't even the first god, or, or will it be the last that they create? Like, well, damn. Yeah. Okay. These are really heavy hitter, like, major deities. They do get depowered by the end of the story, though. Oh, because like every of, good anime. <laughs> Right. So rather than have a discussion about their disagreement and come to a compromise, the two goddesses decide to have a war about it instead. 
a war now known as the War of Light and Darkness. The two goddesses fought over the fate of their creations. And from the residues of these struggles emerged the original deities of magic, war, disease, murder, death, and more. Which is a testament to their power. Corallon got stabbed and the elves were warned, but these two have these two have greater deities being born every time they break a sweat. Okay. Like, that's the, that's kind of the power level. Like, remember Corallon, Grumpsh fight each other? Yes. There's blood, merges, and like a race of people is born. Powerful people at the time, but still, these these two are constantly birthing gods based off their fighting. They're pumping iron. They're making the god of working out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So seizing an advantage that presented itself to her, Saloon reached out of the universe altogether and into uh, the plane of fire. And though it burned her painfully, brought forth a fragment of ever-living flame. She ignited a heavenly body, the sun, in order to give warmth to Shantaya. This greatly enraged Shar. Uh, she <laughs> I fucking told you not to do that. <laughs> exactly. Okay. She renewed her assault on her injured sister and began to blot out all light and warmth in the universe, which in turn gravely weakened her sister further. Okay. To protect the early life, Saloon tore out some of her own divine essence, uh, though it nearly killed her, and hurled it at her sister. Saloon's essence tore through Shar, bonding with some of Shar's essence and pulling it loose. The magical energy combined to form the goddess Mistral, the original goddess of magic. Okay. <laughs> Mistral, not yeah. Mistral. Yes, which we talked about in the Mistral episode. Right. Although Mistral was composed of both light and dark magic, she initially sided with Saloon, her first mother, giving her the upper hand. Mistral bl- balanced the conflict and mediated an uneasy truce between the goddesses. Shar was then cast out into her darkness for centuries, enabling light and warmth to bathe the Beratorial and the other worlds. Now remind me, what, how come Mistral became Mistra? Because she got murdered. And she then died. reborn? Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's and that's and multiple times this has happened. I think we're on Mr. Four at this point. Mr. Four. It's all flooding back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the battle left Saloon deeply wounded, and thereafter her power would wax and wane with the ages, though she would gain strength from alliances with her daughters and sons, as well as interloper deities from other planes. Meanwhile, Shar, who retained much of her might, once again grew strong. Consumed with bitterness and loneliness, she vowed revenge and lurked in the darkness until her time and lurks in the darkness until her time to strike. The war between the sisters would go on forevermore, but life has managed to continue struggling for flourishing on the worlds watched over by Shatea. Despite these deities just duking it out. Yeah, like they're the constantly. Fucking I mean, repercussions of like it. they're the only ones duking it out constantly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not. Like, oh, no, yeah. So the world's going to be fine. So. Y- yeah. Okay, so I have a couple questions. Yes. Now, AO is not Anim. That's different, right? No. This. Wait, they, yes, yes, they are different. Yes, no, they are different. They yes, are they different. Are different. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, Sorry. good. It's not my everything, Dad. Yeah. He's like, is that my everything, Dad? Is this my Forgotten Realms everything, Dad? Yeah. You've yeah. made the same joke about both. Right. Yes. But lots of time if goes someone by, and I don't realize truly... our own episodes. No, no, no. <laughs> Anim is the giant's everything, Dad. Okay. Ao is everyone's everyone everything, thing, Dad. Everything, all the stuff. All the stuff, yes. Ao did. Ao is the one. Something about a fear what what is ao's thing ao's thing is that he's an over deity which yeah. means like he's more powerful than all the gods combined of all, all the gods and all the demon princes and all the everything combined doesn't hold a candle to him but he's ao so, is indifferent ao is indifferent yeah. he creates these things and then leaves forever and never to return sort of thing he only reads every once in a while like he's caused the uh oh gosh there is a, I think it's called the Time of Troubles. He's he co- like going back to the fridge because he forgot he wants a soda, and he's like, "Oh fuck, I forgot I did this." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he caused the Time of Troubles, which was That's, I, okay. I don't remember the detail. I think it was Bane that pissed him off. Someone pissed him off and okay. decided to make all the gods mortal. And okay. there was just uh, like a century of time where they were just rolling around on the world and could be killed, and people could claim their godhood. And 
Yeah, that's how that's how we got a Mr. Three. And that's that's <laughs> ancient Forgotten Realms. Um, it's old now. I don't know how it's ancient. I'm not too clear on the chronology. It was a long time ago. I think that was like during the third edition era. Okay. I don't even know. I'm the wrong guy to ask uh, about. The third that. edition era, there's a candlekeep mystery style adventure, and it's just like one per god. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Let's take a short rest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga, a future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast home brewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me, and set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest Jake and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga!
We've returned. Indeed we have. We're back at it again, God damn it, to uh, Gonzo. Yes, we are. And uh, we're learning about the Goddess of Darkness today. We are. We did a whole bunch of learning about the... We did some recap we, stuff from yeah, my, we did, on my behalf. We did some history. Some history of the Forgotten Realms, which yeah, forgot- is always good for me, too, because I'm not a Forgotten Realms guy. I've said it a thousand times. Yes, this isn't a Forgotten Realms podcast. This is a D&D Although general it's slowly podcast. slowly but surely becoming one. But that's because... <laughs> it's because they've been it's so... slowly but surely yeah. is becoming... For, yeah. as The more we get At this point, I would say they, they've become so integrated now and five has gone for so long that like there's hardly a difference anymore which well, frustrates me in i a can lot of see ways, a break but... off for well i can see forgotten realms being the ground zero but yeah. then jumping off to like critical role is hugely That's popular true. it is theros is gaining a lot this magic gathering stuff is is very popular too we're finding out like, yes it is so uh, it's actually it's the first of the magic the gathering settings that seems to have really hit and yeah, I understand like, why. Again, we went over it. I was like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, Ravnica um, is cool. It's got a lot of fans, but it's not like Theros. What I find funny about the Critical Role thing is it is really cool. And guess why it's really cool? Because it's based off a lot of 4 stuff. And guess what, guys? 4 lore is fucking cool. You may not have liked the addition, but the lore was dope. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I think some of the stories are when we side-by-side them the way yeah. we do on this show, it, it's definitely like, well, some of this seems like out of left field. Mm-hmm. And I can see diehards being jarred oh, when their yeah. cage Absolutely. gets rattled. But Absolutely. if you look at it like like how you kind of were introduced to the game, mm-hmm. just 4E is what you played. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing wrong with any of this No, lore. there's not. It, it's it's really cool in a, in a vacuum. It is. In a vacuum, it's really cool. Yeah. And if you, but it, yeah, it is. Even side by side, I personally, me being exposed to it all at once, I don't think there's, I just look at it like, yeah, I could use this or this, and I like this one better than this one I, in some cases. I almost look at it like an anime. You know how an anime, like Full Metal Alchemist is a good one. Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist and you have Brotherhood, right? They depowered e- Edward Elric at the end. Yeah. Well, like, like every good anime. But what I mean is, like, there are a lot of animes out there that, like, will have parallel universe type shows. Oh, like, yeah. Tenchi does it. I know you're not a Tenchi fan, but you have well, Tenchi I've Universe, Tenchi. Tenchi in Tokyo, Tenchi Muyo, all the same characters, kind of. Yeah. But all a little bit different. different. The stories are different. The lore is a little bit different. They love them all. Um, they, they all love them in one, and some, some of them love them in the other. They one. all love them in all of them. Yeah. But, anyways. <laughs> That's not relevant. The point is, that's how I view Fourth Edition. It's this weird parallel universe version. It's you know what? It's like a, a DC reboot. It's like not well, maybe like a DC reboot, but it's kind of reminds me more like uh, the Marvel uh, Ultimate Universe. Yeah, it's like the okay. Ultimate Universe of D and D, which is fucking cool because this is what Ultimate Universe is cool too. Back to Shar. Shaw. Loss is the nature of Shar. One of the dark gods, she is a deeply twisted and perverse being of ineffable evil and endless petty hatred and jealousy. She rules over pains hidden but not forgotten, bitterness carefully nurtured away from the light and from others, and quiet revenge for any slight, no matter how old. She is as much a goddess of vengeance as one of darkness. She is said to have the power to make her devout followers forget their pain, yet what actually occurs is that they become accustomed to the loss, treating it as a common and natural state of being, numbing themselves to their pain rather than confronting, accepting, and moving on from their trauma. The basic inanity of life and foolishness of hope are the cornerstones of Shar's being. This is fitting as she herself has nursed an eternal grudge against her sister Saloon and their daughter Mistress since the dawn of creation. So they they view it as as a daughter, Mistra. That's yeah, like Mistra's interesting... their daughter. Yeah, just as Shantae is their daughter. Okay, and okay. they have a lot of other sons and daughters that I really didn't go into. It's not like... They they accept and understand that they birth this being into existence. They take accountability for it. In... Um, Saloon absolutely takes accountability. Okay, I can Char see why absolutely say that. fucking hates her. Sure, and okay. like yeah. It, to be fair, it's not like Mister was born like according to Char's will. Like Saloon shot her with herself and <laughs> took some of her off of her and became 
Mistra, you know? Yeah, I got so, you. So, anyways, gods are weird. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, I think we should move on. Okay. All right. So, furthermore, Shara is also a goddess of secrets and hidden things. She revels in the concealed in that which is hidden, never to be revealed. This is also fitting since, though her battles at Saloon have been both grand and subtle, her vengeance against Mistra has been brewing so long and coolly that most mortals are not even aware of its existence. That makes sense. So. They live for a long, long, long yeah. time. Also, this uh, this obsession with secrets does not make Char uh, a very uh, collaborative spirit with uh, deities like Vecna, who are also secretive. It's like, well, no, the secrets are mine. Like, no, yeah, okay, they, so they're war. I was going to ask, like, okay, Char doesn't so get along with most people. Char want all the thing. Kind of. She wants everything to be darkness and cold. Yeah, Char is the angry dad turning off all the lights that in the house <laughs> where no one's in the room. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Shar <laughs> um, is revered by those who... Uh, must venture into dark places and so pray for her protection. So this is another thing about Shar is she is the goddess of the night and the darkness, right? And the thing is everyone's got to deal with that. So like <laughs> even though she's an evil, terrible deity, like she is pretty commonly honored to a minor degree everywhere, which is feeds more into her power. Right. Okay. It's like, you know, you're av- like in this case, we're about to talk about like miners, how they have to go in, into, you know, into tunnels. Like, your average miner isn't going to also, like, you know, pay homage to Asmodeus, like, because unless he's really evil and, like, has a greedy reason to do that. Unless he's super into right. that. <laughs> yeah, unless that's his jam. But, like, all miners, for the most part, except for those who are really going to abstain from, like, you know, dabbling in the dark arts. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't buy alcohol? What? Just kidding. That's a joke oh, about miners. Um, but they're going to pay homage to the shark because guess what? They got to deal with it. Like, so what are they going to do? I see. Like, okay. Slight so... the goddess of darkness when you have to go into the dark? No, you don't do that because it's the Forgotten Realms. Like, <laughs> Shaw, please don't kill my canary. Yeah. Please. So, um, she, you know, so she's, she's honored by, uh, those who go in the dark, such as miners, as well as by those who have fallen into melancholy or despair and who wish to forget something or have lost something and wish to recover it. Priests drawn to serve Shar often nurture their own deep wounds or dark secrets, which in their minds makes them best suited to console those who suffer from a similar ill. Or makes her the best to console them. Because okay. she actually can make you feel better. But it's more like a drug than actually fixing the situation. Uh, yeah. Does Shar hate dark vision? Is that like a bypass I don't to know. what she's That's a all about? That's a great question. Uh, so dark I, vision is Saloon's gift to, uh, to Forgotten Realms. Maybe. All right, let's go with that. I think Shar hates That's dark vision. That's why everything has dark vision. He's like, you know what would piss off Shar a lot? <laughs> if I made it see in the dark. <laughs> Absolutely. That's definitely canon in my head. Oh, God. So Shar's favorite souls are those consumed with bitterness and loss who seek to turn sorrow into vengeance and exact suffering in kind because they're easy to manipulate to her cause. Mm. So, All right. Shara resides in shadow, nurturing secret hatreds, unnatural desires, and lust for revenge. She issues these commands to her followers. So this is Mr. or Mr. This is Shar's dogma. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll tee you up for all these. <clears throat> One, place your trust in the mistress of the night, for she will lead you through darkness. Two, never forget a slight or a loss, for those who have hurt you must suffer in kind. Three, never forget that the darkness is your friend, hiding your secrets and cloaking you from the suffering and pain of the world. I like that one. Four, <laughs> reveal secrets only to follow members of the faithful. Five, or to fellow members. Five, I was like, yeah, sorry. Okay. Five, five, never follow hope or turn to promises of success. Six, quench the light of the moon, agents and items of saloon. When it, where, whenever you find it, and hide it from, hide from it when you cannot prevail. Quench the light of the moon. It's the loon's goddess of the moon. Quenched. 
Whenever you find it and hide. Okay. okay. Or or if, or it should say or or hide from it if you cannot prevail. Okay. All right. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> the dark is the time to act, not wait. Nice. Eight. It is forbidden to strive to better your lot in life or to plan ahead, save when directly overseen by the faithful of the dark deity. Nine. Consorting with the faithful of good deities is a sin except in business dealings or to corrupt them from their beliefs. Ten. Obey ranking clergy unless it would result in your own death. Oh, that's nice. She, she puts that little cowie on there. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have to. She really didn't have to, but that's she did. That's like the D&D, like, it, the rules say this, but if a spell say dis, do the spell. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Throughout the world's history, many followers of Shar have done dark deeds in her name, most notably the Shadowvar of Netheril, an entire society dedicated to Shar. The tragedies and losses brought about by the fanaticism of her followers have caused many places to outlaw her worship and thus driven most of her priests into secrecy. But such prohibitions only heighten the priestess's umbrage at authorities and make the faithful a focal point for rebellion or revenge against whoever rules. Okay, that's kind of interesting. It also, it, make, it, it makes them a focal point for... Um, for people who are dissatisfied with the local regime. Okay. So regardless, like, they don't care about the Goddess of Night part. It's just these people will help us take down King Alfred, who sucks. Yeah, okay. So, I got yeah. you. Are we going to get into the Shadowfell at all in here? No, not really. So what's up with that and this chick? I know Shadowfell is more like a grayed <sighs> oh, out sort of thing. It's so not like dark, right? They used Shadow... Okay. So, fourth edition. Changes everything, right? Okay. Now there's not a plane of shadow. They're, do- they're doing the Shadowfell thing. And I... Can't remember the details because it, it's different now, anyways, or at least I think it is. Um, they they have Shar like be the creator of the Shadowfell in a way. Oh, in a okay. word way. all right. So she's kind of tied to that if we go back to fourth edition. But again, we discount that because none of that matters anymore, and it's all changed. And they don't really get into the details of that anymore. So just like I don't even know if the spell plague is considered to have happened or not happened. I don't know if the Shadow Weave still exists or not. That's right, the spell plague. Yeah, that was another fourth edition thing. Yeah. That they, they they literally undid with a thing called an event called the Sundering. Which, in for, we're still in which, which fourth ended edition. fourth edition into fifth edition. There was this whole big Forgotten Realms event called the Sundering. They canonically ended fourth yes. edition. Yes, they did. Is that normal? Um, kind of, because they had to do a thing for fourth edition to get into fourth edition too. So it what? became normal really? from yeah. three point five or yeah. three. Fourth edition is like this giant chasm where uh, like uh, a meteor impacted. Yes, and then the land continues afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. all the all the ingredients fell into the the fucking crater. Yeah, and, they just and nothing came. made sense anymore. Well, it all well, it, it, but it made in the, a vacuum. the best stew. <laughs> Anyways. A delicious brew. <laughs> the Church of Shar is made up of independent cells that have strong authoritarian leaders. These cells are underground rather than an over-uniform body of priests working from temples. As such, its adherents have a covert, widespread, and complex hierarchy wherein every full priest serves a direct superior, an overpriest responsible for a large area, and beings who know the priest's own secret. A priest's own secret is the personal name Shar gave them and the dark deed they performed for her in order to demonstrate their loyalty and win that name. Okay. So that's kind of how they hold each other accountable. Is like, well, I know your dark secret. I know your name is Todd. <laughs> yeah, I know your real name is Todd. Secret, I know your secret name is Todd. I know your yeah. Valorian elder whip or whatever. What? <laughs> so people like the the people of Dungeons and Dragons world have like these long extravagant oh, names. Oh yeah, but, like, Char's yeah. gonna give you that yeah, one Bob, one Todd. syllable. Yeah. Bob and Todd. Bob and Todd. <laughs> Clergy members. Bob and Todd. <laughs> 
Clergy members revel in secrets, using them to tie each other together in loyalty community, which is what I just said. They pursue practical goals of advancing the power of the priesthood and of Shar's worshippers while avoiding direct opposition of other faiths, except for, of course, that of Saloon. Mm. Uh, the clergy of Shar work to overthrow governments, promote Shar's patronage of Avengers, organize secret cabals, and create false cults to further their ends. Sponsorship of thieving guilds and hedonistic clubs of all sorts is a key part of this assault on order, as is the encouragement of political intrigue everywhere. Uh, widespread war and slavery, though, are things to be avoided. Shar wants to gain followers, not see their lives thrown away for no gain. Okay, I see that. Yeah, so she really, like, she really embodies the neutrality of evil versus, like, the the lawful, the overly lawfulness or the overly chaotic of a lot of the gods yeah. and demon lords and stuff we talk she about. She doesn't like knowledge. Well, she does, a, but for herself for and her, her, her Yeah, people. not for the public. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. her... For her clergy, mm-hmm. she wants them all to just kind of do what like, she tells them she to do, uses, basically. She uses order to make herself more powerful, but she doesn't go overboard with it. And, like, it's it's she's not beholden to her own laws, basically. Yeah, yeah. she's above them. Right, like, exactly. You need to do the things I tell you to do because it benefits me yeah. to do the and things I'm, I And I've been do. instilling these laws because it's going to make you guys better, but I'm above them. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I, like, there's some things here that track with that for sure. Right. So her worshippers wield great power over other mortals and have worked their way into the highest governing ranks of countless realms. Many priests may operate in the same area, and although they may know of each other and aid each other, they work independently. In this way, should one cell of a church fail, the others can still flourish in their absence. So again, organized but not overly organized. Mm-hmm. Um, most Sharon clergy, clergy use such titles of address such as Brother Knight or Sister Knight. Okay. To superiors, they say Mother Knight or Father Knight, and lay worshippers address them so. Their formal titles include Adept of the Knight, a novice, Watcher, the least senior ordained priest, Hand of Shar, a battle-tested priest who leads a force of priest adventurers or oversees several cells, Dark Lord or Dark Lady, a senior priest able to proclaim local policy, a Knight Seer, the overseer of all faithful in a realm or other large geographical area, and Flame of Darkness, Archpriest or Personally Trusted Servant of the Goddess. There are also specialty priests of Shar called Night Cloaks. They exist outside the standard church hierarchy and serve as contacts, messengers, and enforcers of the Dark Lady as well. This feels like final area, like craziness. Like you've you've transcended into, like you've made it through the campaign to the end, and now mm-hmm. you're in the final like laps, and now right. you have to deal with the fucking Hand of Shar or whatever. Yeah. I think it was Flame of Darkness. That... There's Flame of Darkness. There's Hand of Shar. There's... Dark Lord, Dark Lady. Yeah, you have to deal with. We have to deal with the flame of darkness and their night seers. Yeah, like, uh, well, this hand of Shar was cool. Battle tested priest who leads a force of priests. Yeah, that's more like like that's like the the Boba Fett to the Darth Vader and Emperor. Yeah, like, well, that's what I'm saying is you're going to work your way through. Likely, you're going to work your way through this hierarchy Mm -hmm. in a like we're going to go kill Shar Mm -hmm. or whatever Uh, because you're saying this is your big bad, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, this is the layout for like the the big big bad of like this would be the penultimate fight between you and the what was it the flame of Shar, but Mm -hmm. then oh you didn't do it fast enough and the ritual went through and here comes our avatar the final boss fight the avatar. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I I got you, I got you. Like well, it reminded me of. Uh, demons and devils, they're mm-hmm. tiered, you know, yes. followers. Yes, this absolutely. Is like a condensed. So these yeah, stat it's out? Are these guys stat it um, out? They have been in previous editions. I didn't look at it. They're not currently. Okay. But I mean, you would just use things like cultists and yeah. blackguard and, and uh, necromancer and all those Death other ones. Knight, yeah, all maybe. that. All that shit. Okay. Maybe. So as so many devotees of Shard keep their faith secret, 
and this secrecy is encouraged by the senior clergy. The Sharon faith has no set holy days aside from the Feast of the Moon. To dark followers, the faithful of Shar, this holiday is known as the Rising of the Dark. They gather on it under cover of the more widespread venerations of the dead to witness a blood sacrifice and learn of any plots or aims the, cler the clergy want them to work toward during the winter ahead. So it's just like... It's a meeting. It's a yearly meeting. That's what this is. It's yeah. like a yearly, like, okay, let's all catch up. What are we trying to, what are our goals for the year? And, you know, all that other stuff. So, darkness is down. Uh, darkness bring is down. Darkness, we, up. darkness needs to come up. Rise of darkness. <laughs> you get the rise of the darkness. Yes. The most important Sharon ritual of worship is called nightfall, the coming of darkness. So that's actually, that's actually, it's not called nightfall. It is actual nightfall. When night comes up, <laughs> that's, that's, that's some I most see. important time in ritual worship clergy hold this ritual every night it consists of a brief invocation a dance a charge or series of inspiring instructions from the goddess spoken by one of the clergy or by a raven-haired female lay worshiper and a revel celebrated by drink, eating drinking and dancing together lay, lay worshipers must attend at least one nightfall or dance to the goddess themselves and must perform and report to their fellows at least one small act of wickedness and salute to the lady every 10 days on moonless nights, nightfall is known as the coming of the lady, and every congregation must carry out some significant act of vengeance or weakness in the dark lady's name. The most important ceremony of the priesthood of Shar is the kiss of the lady, a horrific night-long revel of slaying and doing dark deeds in the name of the lady that ends with a feast at dawn. Uh, kiss moots, as they're called, are scheduled irregularly whenever the priests of old night decree. Increasingly, the rival clergy of the embrace have been proclaiming that this ritual will be celebrated at different times than those decreed by the Temple of the Old Night. So there's like, there's a divide. There's a discrepancy. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's like the new embrace people and then there's the Old Night people. And Char won't tell them it's a secret. Yeah, that's there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe she's telling them different things because she's like, fuck them. You figure it out, <laughs> assholes. Love you guys, though. Shara's hatred of Saloon extends to her clergy and their relationships with the Church of Saloon. And this is the one case where Shara's call of war avoidance is not in effect. The two face war continually, and assassination plots against Saloonites are common where Shar is strong. One of the reasons the Church of Shara has remained as small as it is is a byproduct of the endless wars. Several holy wars and vendettas led, against, led by Sharans against more powerful forces of Saloonites have resulted in many Sharan casualties. I can see like a plot, uh, like your party uncovers a plot to like explode the moon. <clears throat> <laughs> like special, yeah, I can see that for like sure. Special beam cannon. Like, yeah, like, I was exactly I was thinking a special beam cannon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stupid. As discussed, Shar's enmity with her sister Saloon is pretty much the defining relationship of the dark goddess. Yeah. Uh, but she has big beef with Mishra as well. Uh, the creation of the Shadow Weave made, made Shar the eternal enemy of the goddess of magic, Mistra. This resulted in the brewing of a terrible war between the two powerful deities. After the Spell Plague, which destroyed both the Weave of Magic and the Shadow Weave, I'm not entirely sure if the Shadow Weave was recreated by Shar later or not. Is that like a, I think it's like an easy thing to do? Probably not. Probably super hard. Probably I, super she probably hard. had to break off like a big piece of herself to do it. What is super hard? Like the context here. Like, like, like I am a goddess. I would imagine... I see. I don't know how. I'm sure it is very well detailed, and I just don't know. But I would imagine she had to break off a big piece of herself to make the shadow wave, and she probably was weakened for like centuries after it happened. So she had to be super secretive and protective, and you know, hidden as she figured out how to heal herself back up and all that other jazz. So that kidney you got two <clears throat> kidneys in there. 
She pulled one of those she out. She pulled one of them out. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, okay. You're going to be magic now. Yeah, exactly. Me, oh. Yeah, exactly. I like, okay. <clears throat> I stabbed myself, so let me chill. By her very nature, Shar is opposed to all powers of light, um, which includes Lathander and uh, never say this guy's name. A monitor. Um, a mo- yeah, a monitor. That's a god of the sun, basically. Her only frequent ally is Tolona, the mother of plagues. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not a sensitive issue right now. <laughs> Thanks oh, yeah, a lot, Talona. <laughs> Shar has enjoyed a working relationship with Veyron, the drow god of shadow, for a time. Veyron was the drow patron of shadow magic, and Shar was the owner of the shadow weave. They worked together on projects that concerned this magic, like the school of shadow like the school of the shadow weave, which had followers of both Veyron and Shar among them. When Veyron died, Shar was also one of the prime choices to whom his followers might convert. Because, well, she's the goddess of darkness, so and he was the god of shadow, so where else to go? Exactly. All right. And finally, Shar's avatar has been started out before, and her most impressive stat block was in second edition, where she was a level thirty-five cleric, a level thirty mystic, a level twenty-five thief, and a level twenty mage. This is kind of funny. Like, a cl- my understanding of a cleric is you get your shit granted from a god, right? So, like, who are you? She's a cl- granting it to herself. Yeah, exactly. I can <laughs> well, well, and she is granting it to herself because yeah. it's her avatar. Who believe in me more than me? Well, yeah. I believe in me. It's very true. And you just become. I mean, this is the power a level of level thirty-five cleric. So take, much faith. Take it from second edition. The power of believing in yourself is real as fuck. Yeah, this thirty-five is like, levels. Worth. I think this is a level one hundred and ten character. Good luck. Thirty, thirty, twenty. That's a lot of math. <laughs> it's 110. 30, yeah, it's 110. So, so was it a 20? I would love to see her stat it out for 5e, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. So, yeah, they don't seem to be trying to do that. No, like, at any capacity. I mean, they did Tiamat, and they may have done Bahamut, but they're minor gods, and, that's and it's for, still just their avatars. And there's specific adventure module for that, right? Like, where it's relevant, just right. like with um, the Demon Lords, yeah. you're going to need those stat blocks in some capacity, right? Exactly. So the idea is, if has stats, it can be killed, and you know, if you're killing gods, this game is, you know, it kind of undoes the lore. But who cares? It's everyone's game; they can do whatever they want, right? And if you've been playing for 30 years, it's time to kill gods. <laughs> Yeah, time. exactly. Just go kill. Just go, go kill them one at a time. So, any questions about Shar? This is a big chunk of stuff. Stuff. This yeah. is huge, yeah. and incorporating it into a campaign seems like you. This isn't a one shot. This isn't a. Oh yeah, no. This, this is she, like she's a, a campaign. Like you, you would build a campaign around her and her clergy. You don't have to, obviously. Like you can have a minor minor scuffle with like a single cell. Well, yeah, you can, like you can build your campaign around. Vecna, right? Sure. So, like, I spoilers for season one crit roll. So I think they do something of that nature. Yeah. So if you have, like, where would you compare Vecna to the scale, scale-wise to Char? Like, power-wise, like, as deities? I, I mean, I like... Think Char way, way outweighs Vecna. Yes, Much but I, I mean more like uh, designing campaigns. Like, like the, the amount of... Details. Vecna has a more horror aspect to him, you know, mm-hmm. the whole undeath thing and necromancy. And um, he's very uh, about power and knowledge consolidation to unto himself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, part of the thing about dealing with Vecna and his people is, like, the unknown and fighting the unknown constantly. Yeah. Um, Char has more of a, like, a undoing of the order of society kind of deal. And the sowing of chaos. I can see there would be a lot of political aspects to the, the whole Shar thing. Not that yeah. you couldn't do it with Vecna. It's just, I'm just saying, like, where these 
the flavors of these things naturally seem to lend themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that I think that's the only aspect we should yeah. really speak um, about it. I I would lean towards I'd rather be involved in a campaign that's doing the Vecton thing because I guess that's cooler to me. Like the horror, the the undeath, all that other stuff. I'm but the show stuff could be really cool. And But the thing is, like, if you're getting involved with the Vecton stuff, then the types of gods who are going to want to be, like, on your side are going to be, like, Ion or Ogma, like, knowledge deities or... Um, I could see like Thander or any of the life deities or light deities like that. With Shar, it's definitely going to be Saloon and probably Mistra as well, which, again, a different flavor, a different dynamic. Okay, so scale-wise, there's probably enough to fill, what, like a one- to two-year-long campaign for both of these things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So do you think uh, doing Shar would be more difficult than doing like a Vecna? I think, which it just depends on how... Um, how true to the the lore as written you want to be. If okay. you want to be true to the lore as written, I I would say Shar uh, might be a little more difficult because there's more to like follow. While Vecna, so much is left in mystery. Like it could kind of be whatever you want it to be in certain cases. Okay, I see so that. So it's that's not, how not I feel as about much <laughs> like uh, more to keep track enough, of and know with Shar. Okay, sure. So like less mystery with Shar. It's almost is what you're saying. Like, Less mystery uh, for the DM, for sure. Okay, yeah. That, like, okay. It should, also, the way they are secretive seems to be different to me. Like That's where I'm trying to yeah. lead. And yeah. I think the types of secrets they're interested in are also different. Right. Like, like, specifically Vector's magic. Vector's looking for, like, forbidden magics that can't, like, to utter a word of will drive you mad kind of deal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that can lead towards a Lovecraftian feel if you want it to, or it doesn't have to. And, but, like, Vecna's really into, like, um, servitude, it feels like, more than... Yeah. I mean, Shar, like, different kinds of servitude, right? Like, yeah. Shar's a god, so it's going to kind of lean on servitude, like, trading power. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a cleric of Shar. Yeah. So also, become... Vecna's not really interested in, like, an organized clergy. Yeah. Like, yeah, he wants worshippers, that's fine. How it happens, he's not so much cared about. Did he not have, like, an organized body of he does followers? He does sometimes, and then sometimes he doesn't. Like it, he's got he's a lot like Acerac in that way, which makes sense. Like I said, I think they like they're low key buddies from a distance. Like they yeah, text okay. each other once a year. Hey man, how you been? I heard you do up some bullshit. It's just like, a, yeah. the text changes. Happy yeah. birthday, yeah. thanks man. Yeah, Happy exactly. Birthday, like, thanks man. Absolutely, Happy that's exactly <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, we're way off topic. Let's get ready for a long rest because okay. our camera's about to go out in like twenty seconds. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> Hey, everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. We were talking about how this episode is a Pixar character after the short don't, rest. Don't Pixar make that, mom. Don't make that joke. It's a meme. I, I don't care. <laughs> Not on this show, man. Come on. I mean, it kind of is, though. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, we, were, we had started to talk about what we we're going to do for The Beholder. Yeah. And then Will was like, maybe we should record this and so i just hit record yeah so we were trying to decide the beam uh darkness beam seems obvious it's way on the nose and so i said secret beam which secret could be beam, like mystery what? beam mystery beam mystery it's beam. like uh what's the, the airhead what is it mystery flavor what's it called the white one i don't eat that shit you don't eat airheads i don't eat when any... you were a kid okay hang on a second everybody right, i'm gonna blow some people's minds go. i don't like gummy candy in any capacity is it, is it rough for your teeth yes yeah actually that, yeah that, that, i totally understand and it's not reason. a painful thing although sometimes it is it's just unpleasant I don't like stuff stuck in my shit. Oh, no, it sucks. I got that, floss everywhere. I got floss all over the place. Okay. I got floss in every bag I carry. I got floss in the bathroom here uh-huh. at the studio. I got gotcha. floss at my house, obviously. I got floss at my desk at work. You take care of your teeth. Uh, yeah, I do a real good job these days. Okay, so with airheads, though, uh huh. there's a mystery flavor. I know what you're talking about. Okay, and it, could, is... it could be any of the flavors. How does that relate to... Because secrets. But what is it mechanically going to do? Is it going to shoot candy? I think it's one of the... <laughs> 
I know it's not. No, it's like, <laughs> but what? Okay, so it fires the beam. Yes. What happens? Anything could happen. Anything? Any, any of the other beams could happen, maybe. It's a mystery beam. It's a mystery beam. Okay, I like a randomizer table. I that's Mechanically, yeah. that's where yeah. we're going to land, right? Yes. So what, should we use the magic beans? Is there like a secret spell? There's a magic bean. Magic beans, and you roll on a D100 and I, okay, it but shits out an effect. I like the idea of the table. Or like a wild magic. Uh, there's a wild magic. Yeah, there's thing. a wild magic table. But I feel like we're getting more into like chaos then and less about secrets. Yeah. Hold on. I'm just, I just want to see if there's a spell that has the it's word a secret. secret. It's a secret until it's not, though, because you get hit with it and yeah. then it is revealed. That's true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> so maybe. Well, it's up to the beholder if, if he want, or he or she wants to release the beam. Why would. How about it fires a like a blob of darkness out of it? Like, let's go back to darkness beam. Okay, right? okay, like, we're back to darkness. Beam. Magical darkness, basic darkness beam. Do do we want to do that? Because you could keep. I would keep looking. Up yeah, looking let's up. do it. Uh, no, because magical darkness beam is horrifying, and I think it's awesome. Okay, well, like, what? It can't be pierced by dark vision, as we know. Shar hates that shit. Shar hates that shit a lot. <laughs> so according to us, okay, magical darkness beam. Okay, kind of like the ink of a squid, if you will. So it's gonna be. <laughs> Just like the last beam, the bra- it's going to be a lot like brain juice beam. <laughs> yeah, except for the, it, this will be like less juicy and more like the thick smoke, that fog. Sounds juicy to just, me. <laughs> just squirting right out. <laughs> juicy darkness. All right, juicy darkness beam. Okay. What's now, the physical feature? This is difficult because we need. I think we need to lean oh, like away from the darkness here. Okay. Oh, can we give it the cloak from the very beginning of the episode? <laughs> can it be wearing a, a feathery? So, okay. So, because yes. we made it albino. Yeah, we did. So, well, not albino. We didn't. It just has white skin. Yeah, skin white as snow. Skin and white as snow. With, with the dark cloak, that looks a lot like Char, who has skin white as snow, but is shrouded in darkness. And yeah. Dark hair. So, yeah. So, we have. Dark cloak. We have. Dark feathery cloak. We're turning this creature into beak. Beak face Cruella Deville. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes, nailed it. All got right, it. got it in five. All right, so we got we got the cloak. We have the magical darkness beam. I think we can end the episode now. <laughs> no, we can't end the Wait, episode. Why? We have to do patron shout outs. Oh, okay, let's do that. Hey, everybody from Patreon, it's great to see you here on oh, the backside of the episode. I forgot to get the list together. It's okay because I have a okay. list together. Yes. Um. But yes, we'll we'll get a so like Patreon's got this weird thing. Okay, hang on. The real Brian. Sorry, dude. Shout out to the real Brian. I'm not even gonna. I don't even need the list for that one. But oh, okay. I see, yeah, I see what's happening. <laughs> uh, th- sometimes Patreon just doesn't notify us that we got a new patron in in some capacities. Yeah, but, like there's a way to go look. I guess I'm not kind of, but even then it, it leaves some names out. It's a so. difficult thing and we're doing our best to remedy it. So yeah. like, and I feel bad because sometimes people message me and I'm like, Oh yeah, I have to remember to shout them out. And then I forget <laughs> because it's not, but now I have a, a better system yeah. to, to deal with it. So we've got like, we've got a pretty thick stack here. So I'm just going to start, I'm going to start nailing it off. Um, if you come to Patreon, mm-hmm. you, have earned a shout out from the mm-hmm. Dungeon Cast. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. say your name and then we absorb you into the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, these are the shout outs from way back from the end of January. I think these episodes are airing in March. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, okay. Our schedule got, we talked about it in the last episode, our schedule got blown up. We're all like over the place. Up, I so think we're finally going to return back to normal. We're recovering weeks, from yeah. it. But here we go. Uh, <clears throat> Welcome to the show, Trey Benoit. I'm going to go with, it's B-E-N-O-I-T. Sure. It Thank you, Trey. Be Benoit, but I think it's Benoit. Okay. Thank you, Trey. Thanks, Trey. Uh, Colin Roca. Thank you, Colin. Jordan Rodway. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Zachary Mitchell. Thank you, Zach. Hey, look, the Gnome God. They're back. <laughs> Thank you, the Gnome God. Thank you, Gnome God. Um, we already said the real Brian. Um, am I supposed to take umbrage with that? I feel like I'm being baited. <laughs> you are being baited. Okay. It worked. Uh, <laughs> Midnight Vision. Thank you, Midnight Vision. Thank you, Midnight Vision. Uh, Nevin. Thank you, Nevin. Let's see. Kill Trill. Thank you, Kill Trill. That's fun to say. Uh, Ty Schlabach. Thank you, Ty. Got to really hit that schlock. Um, we'll circle back around to this one. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Weenus McGinnis. Thank you, Weenus McGinnis. Thank you, Weenus McGinnis. Thank you, Weenus McGinnis. You get some horns. Uh, Jacob Williams. Thank you, Jacob. Connor Hudson. Thank you, Connor. Uh, Logan Westover. Thank you, Logan. Thanks, Logan. Uh, Thoramel. Thank you, Thoramel. Thoramel. <laughs> uh, and Phasm. Thank you, Phasm. Thanks, Phasm. Um, okay, hang on a second. I need to look for another email. Will, tell people about Patreon while I look for an email. Um, so if you want to support the show, one of the best ways you can do that is going to patreon.com and looking us up. Or check out the link in the description. Probably get you there faster. Um, we have a lot of bonus stuff on there, including uh, early access to episodes. We have uh, whole seasons of games of shows, which are games. Uh, what, what is it? Oh my gosh, Flashbang and the Surgeon. Flashbang and the Surgeon. We got like three seasons. Is it three? We're on three. Yeah, we um, have like three of those. We have uh, a few of the Vault Raider series. Which is like basically mercenary treasure hunters go on a wild, crazy adventure. We have some holiday specials, including Ranger Danger, where everyone's a ranger and nothing makes any sense. And, makes uh, sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we got on there? We got the OST for Super Quest Saga on there. Yeah, and that's about to get a big yeah. update because we're at the end of an arc. Yes. Um, I wait till the end of an arc, which could take how long does an arc take in Super Quest Saga to air? It's, like a well, few it's months. Eight, it's eight episodes, so so four months. Four months, yeah. So it's four months of music. Every time there's a fight, I do a sing song. Not a sing song, but but yeah, there's music. There's actually and is some sing song in I, this update. Oh hell yeah! And at um <laughs> at some of the higher tiers, there's merch. I think there's a sticker the and sticker there's at ten, also... which we should update. Okay, and then oh um, we should yeah yeah we need to we'll have to do um, that. Um and then there's right now we're doing the indeed mugs, so indeed. that's at the twenty dollar tier. And uh, but but most of all, like it really helps support us here and it helps us keep the lights on here at the studio and keeps us doing what we're doing. And we're launching a bunch of new shows, not Patreon shows. I know like, we've been talking about it yeah. for forever, but it's happening. Like, it's happening. It's slowly but surely happening. We're doing the best we can with the time we got. Yep. And we and, do pretty good with the time we got, yeah, I would say. Absolutely. So I have one last shout out and it's I just had to get the pronunciation correct. I remember like I got the email that Patreon mm -hmm. was like, hey, this person. 
but it's not something I'm familiar reading um, because it's in a language I do not understand okay. and characters I am not familiar with. But okay. uh, the the information for pronunciation was provided for oh, me nice. in a message I had to go hunt oh, down. Oh, that's what you had to so go find. So thank you. Wade, gali skewi. Wade, gali skewi. Thank you, Wade. It's a uh, Native American. Is, is it, uh, yeah, I figured it was, but I was trying to, is, is that two names or is that one name? It's Wade is the first name. Okay, and, so thank uh, you, Wade. Gali Squawi. I think I got it that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I was think a, you did It was a very nice, uh, like, phonetic pronunciation that was provided, but thank you for upping your pledge. We really appreciate having we you. We really do. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know if there's any, uh, this episode, this episode, like we said, is bottom heavy, so. Yeah, I yeah. think we can end it here. Let's call we'll it a talk game. To you guys Thanks, next guys. Time. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.